never press record. So, in a way, the, the whole setup um, has nothing to do with Buddhism, is it? Yeah, this is a technical uh, situation or problem, if you will. If you cannot set it up, then it's a problem. Um, but I maybe I'm stretching it a bit too much. Huh? But I tend to see the link between things. Uh, was uh, the assumption that Sifu will always be there to to point out how to do it. Uh, sometimes when the teacher keep pointing out or just keep doing it, uh, then it, the students will never learn how to do it. Um, then the assumption that Sifu is the expert. It's just that our assumption Buddha is Buddha. Shifu was not born an expert. <laughs> when Shifu was a baby, you, you, you pass Shifu computers. Uh, at that point in time, no computers now, when I was a baby. But if you pass Shifu a hi-fi, Shifu cannot, will not know how to connect them also. Yeah? So how did Shifu uh, learn all this? How? From the degree course. Ah, so this is the, the other assumption. Thank you, Kukai. The other assumption that because Sifu attended some special courses, yeah, degree course, so I learned how to connect uh, Zoom H5 audio and then learn how to connect HDMI. Uh, all that is actually also not true. Uh. Yeah, because the Zoom H5 was only introduced a few years ago. When I did my degree, I think the company may not have even existed yet. <laughs> uh, when I was st- studying in university, HDMI don't exist. There's no H- no such a thing as HDMI. Uh, Windows 95 wasn't even launched yet when I was a first year student. You know, when I first touched computers, we even don't have VGA. It was uh, Hercules monochrome graphics adapter. Uh, but without going into too much of, of those technical details, the point is, Silva was not born knowing things. Yeah, you have to learn uh, from scratch also. Yeah. So, um, what I observe is. Uh, not just for this setup, but oftentimes, sometimes unwittingly, we have this fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what we don't know. And then, when we are trust upon the situation where we have to deal with the unknown, where we have, we don't have prior experience, then we just uh, quite naturally respond with fear. And then we may act very quickly to try to get out of that situation. Yeah. Um, as we can see earlier, oh, okay, let me try this. Press the button, boop, switch off the computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did I tell you about the time where uh, a student was driving me, two of them, and then I was sitting behind. They drive into the wrong lane. 
yeah, it's the same as what happened just now. I said that one could have killed me, this one would not kill me. It may kill the computer. Yeah, but the the situation itself is not so crucial. Uh, it is the the way we respond to difficult situations. Yeah. If we go in uh, assuming that because I don't know about it, then I cannot possibly know. Then you know you have already written yourself off. Yeah, you have already. Uh, if if life is an exam paper, before you even try the question, you already give yourself zero. Okay, submit. Yeah, you didn't just submit a blank paper. You even put zero there for yourself. Zero upon hundred, and then just submit. Yeah. So then, what I observe also, not just today, is that. Uh, Oftentimes, we uh, like these are these are very tactile things, uh, physical things. So we may think, but Sifu, these are physical things. Eh? Are you telling me that the the approach and the skill set can actually be applied into spiritual practice? Well, not not exactly hundred percent. In the sense that, oh, is there a HDMI port for enlightenment? Or find a pot, then you collect, connect the right pot, then you attain enlightenment. Well, figuratively, there are different things that fit into different parts of the practice, isn't it? Yeah. If you want to project video out, then you need to find what is the video out options. Similarly, if you want to, if you want to. Um, uh, produce jhana. You need to know what is the what is the pot, so to speak. Yeah, uh, which then requires you to to uh, to know the steps. Yeah, and then in in the case of the physical world, uh, there are labels. Yeah, there are labels. Don't be afraid of labels. Yeah, uh, the first time you look at the, look at the labels, it, it can be quite you know. Uh, overwhelming, yeah. I mean, take a look at this device here. So many buttons, yeah. How many of you look at this and you feel very comfortable with it, or feel excited? Like, wow, so nice. Most of us don't feel that way. Sufu is the crazy one who, when I see this, the first time I saw this, one of the other student, I was like, wow, this is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, understandably. Most people like things to be simple, which is why an iPhone sells so much better, and also why so many companies copy their design to only have a f- as minimal number of buttons as possible. How is this related to Dharma? Think about it. How many times have you attended Dharma classes, and then? Uh, you would either hear people say, or you yourself have this thought. Yeah. Um, wow, very chim. For those of us who are attending the class yesterday, 100 things. <laughs> and that's just the start. That's the foundation. So, when we are faced with that, uh, quite naturally, we are quite uh, But if we can overcome that 
how to overcome that? Again, using this recorder as an example, no matter how complicated it is, you don't look at all at once, ma. Look at one thing at a time. Uh, let me show you how to approach a difficult thing. Look at one thing at a time. Can someone choose one thing for us to look at? You all just choose. You, if you don't know what to call it, just roughly point up, down, left, right. The cable. Cable? Which black cable? One. The black color cable. Le left one or the right one? The right one. Uh, the right one. So, if you trace this cable, where is it connected to? To the Mic microphone. Yeah, and it's connected to. Uh, it's connected to. Uh, this there's a tool here. Yeah, of course, it's not easy to simply see two and know that it's line input two. Yeah, uh, but this is a one-time knowledge. You hear it once, you should remember line one, line two. Anything to memorize? Don't need to memorize. I'll just only line one, line two. Yeah. So similarly, uh, any of the connection. Yeah, uh, Buddhism. Is They are doing a fabulous job, let me trust you. There are, there are others who don't even dare to volunteer to try. <laughs> so as much as they they would kalangkabu and stuff, uh, they are doing a fabulous job. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Compared to those who don't even try. But still room for improvement, of course. Because this one is too technical. Too technical. Mm, so uh, Yes. <laughs> when if I were twenty years or twenty-five years younger, or maybe thirty years younger, and you say that to me, I would feel very good. Yeah, expert. Yeah. Today I'm I'm more interested to to pass on that knowledge and don't be the expert. I rather teach others to become an expert. Yeah, that will give me more satisfaction than just me being the expert. <laughs> yes, Miling. Uh, I just have to share with you. Ah, uh -huh. uh, I learned from you is that never say to yourself that no, uh -huh. just try and do it. Because a lot of people say, what will you have, 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 what you never do, then why you know that you cannot do? Exactly. You try it, go to the first step. Yes. Then you will know that whether you can or cannot. Cannot, then done. This is the one that I learned from you. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Yes, yeah, this is something that I pointed out before. Yeah, often. Huh? <laughs> often, yeah. Yes, often. Yeah, don't, uh, don't be afraid to try. Yeah. Uh, never, never tell yourself, I don't know. And yeah, there are so many times, whether it is a working meeting or in a class, uh, like for some of these classes, I didn't really ask questions on an individual basis. Last time there were some classes where I would really walk around and ask, what is the first aggregate? What is the second aggregate? There were some students who were so cute. And I'm not talking about 
17 year old boy, so cute. Uh. Uh, 50 plus, 60 plus, uh, man, woman. There was one in another place. Uh, I say cute because <laughs> I always remember. I asked him a question. You know what happened? He just closed his eyes and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Literally, no. Close his eyes and just shake his head. I don't know, I don't know. And he's not the only one. There were others who also did that. Yeah. I had to tell them, calm down, take a few deep breaths, open your eyes, look at me. Look at me. Don't don't give any answer yet. Mm. And then just just think, you know? Uh, just think. Mm. Don't go into panic mode so quickly. Yeah. Uh, don't immediately jump into the pregnant mode. Mm. Uh, so, uh, that's that for the setup. Mm. There, are, there are more things, lah, but we have to come back to the text. Mm. So, verse 20, 20 uh, I think, as. Uh, what's, your, what's your name? Uh? What's your name? Huh? <coughs> Trillion. Yes, Trillion rightly mentioned. I think it's because of the translation, so the order is different. So it is the uh, it is the a cow, uh, not to, not toe. Mm. So please uh, revert to the correct one. Uh, before we continue, I wanted to show you all uh, an amendment that I did earlier. So. Verse 31. Yeah, so verse 31 should be replaced by this. and so on um, don't think uh, uh, number one uh, because Sifu is Sifu ma. so Sifu no I don't know yeah uh, Sifu didn't start off knowing also 
have to learn and then reflect and then practice. So if we do the same thing, then one day we can know. Uh, number two is, you cannot always uh, assume that Sifu is there to uh, to point out. Uh, yeah. uh, then related to number one and two is number three, which is... Um, Buddhist knowledge versus Buddhist wisdom. Yeah, or Dharma knowledge versus Dharma wisdom. What is Dharma knowledge and Dharma wisdom? Dharma knowledge is what you have heard and what you have known. Dharma wisdom is uh, even if you have not heard you are able to know that it is so. So for example, uh, I have asked you all before the addition of sums, right? Have I asked you all that question before? No. Let me give you a mathematical question. I know some of you like mathematics a lot. What is the answer for this? One o two four times one o two four. Ah, so again, don't jump into. Look carefully first. Now, if you try to use your calculator, then you get zero points. <laughs> because the point is not to get the answer. Huh? Yeah. So don't have to work work out the answer. Okay, don't have to work out the answer. Let me give you a simpler one. Equals to sixty-four. How do you know it's sixty-four? We probably memorize it, isn't it? Because in school last time we have the time table, time table, yeah, uh, where you you memorize one times one, one, one times two, two, yeah, two times two, four, and so on and so forth. But when it comes to the first question, can you did you memorize it? Can you memorize it? What if I change this? Let's say I change it to this. 1024 times 4. What is the answer? 4, zero, four what? Uh, 4096. Huh? 4096. So, did you memorize this? No. no. How did you know that this is the answer? You compute it. Yeah. How do you compute it? <coughs> By following the logic. Logic of multiplication. Yeah. The principle of multiplication. <coughs> Using the principle of multiplication, yeah, which is this thing here, this is a symbol. You cannot memorize all numbers. If you try to memorize all numbers, then that is knowledge. Yeah. 
if you learn the principle of multiplication, then that is a form of wisdom. Because then you can you can know everything without memorizing. And you don't have to be afraid of anyone who give you a, a question about any pair of numbers. Yeah? Agree? Yeah? So Dharma knowledge versus Dharma wisdom. Yeah. One is based on so this is DK is uh, based on what we have heard. from memory D.Dew Dharma Wisdom is based on applying what we have heard and what we can remember from our memory the two are very close because if you think about it multiplication you must remember the principle also so nothing wrong with having knowledge or memory, yeah. But if you just re- remember based on, or you just know based on your memory of what you have heard, but it, you don't learn how to apply it, then it becomes just static knowledge, yeah, static knowledge. And this is where I see the parallel. Yeah, if you try to use something and most people when they see something that's very complex the first natural thing is they try to memorize remember exactly <coughs> where to plug in yeah but in fact that is not very efficient if you in, instead remember the the principle principles are always smaller than knowledge because from principle you can extrapolate the whole the whole sequence yeah <coughs> and that's why if you look at the teachings uh, the Buddha didn't say table, chairs are impermanent mountain is impermanent house, big house, small house is impermanent house in Serangoon is impermanent house in Jurong also impermanent he didn't go through everything in the whole world to say that everything is impermanent he just highlight the principle. All things that is conditioned is impermanent. Very is a general statement which is a principle. You know? Uh, okay. Okay, let's come back to the text. <coughs> Let me go back to the verse twenty two. Okay, verse 21. So last week we went through uh, a whole series of different uh, items uh, where the the, the Bodhisattva is uh, 
uh, has this aspiration that they are willing to manifest and become all this. Yeah, so in the supplementary notes, uh, the one on the right is just the translation. But if you look at the notes itself, right, uh, some of these are uh, common things of offering. Yeah, that is predominant in the Tibetan tradition. Yeah, may not be so common in other traditions, but was was common in the Tibetan tradition, oh, or at least in Buddhism at that point in time. Yeah. So here, Ru Kong Ji Sita. This Sita. What is Sita? Sita refers to the four elements. So you have this, the four elements. Then you have Kong. This is space. Not not the space space, uh, but feel, uh, empty space. So, the in the uh, Buddhist sutras and the scriptures, uh, the four elements refer to physicality. Yeah, the the building blocks of physicality. Yeah, what are they? Mm, some of you may be familiar with this already. Uh, uh, Water, fire, wind. Uh, have I explained these four elements to you all in this class before? No, huh? Okay, so these four, earth, water, fire, wind, are actually referring to uh, qualities of physicality. So earth is referring to hardness. And softness. Water is referring to viscosity. Viscosity. How do you spell that? How do you spell viscous? Viscosity. C O S I T Y. C O S. Huh? I T Y. V I S C O U C O S C O S. Oh, okay. Thank you. Then hmm. fire. Uh, uh, there are two parts. Uh. One is the you can say that it's temperature or energy. Yeah. And then there's another part which is uh, growth and versus decay. Then wind is movement versus uh, support. Yeah. 
Now, if you refer to the Abhidhamma, they, they may have slightly differing descriptions. But these four, first of all, they are not referring to the physical earth, uh, water, fire, and wind, yeah? but attributes of physical things. Yeah? Attributes of physical things. And all things have four elements. All physical things have four elements. So, like in the in the mark itself, there's water, but in the water there is earth, water, fire, wind. Yeah. The table itself, this box, wooden box table, um, we say that there's also earth, water, fire, wind. Yeah. Mm. So, different degrees of hardness and softness, different degrees of smoothness, viscosity and so on, um, different degrees of energy, temperature, and then different degrees of movement. Like this is very rigid. Yeah? So uh, you can say that it is um, very low in the wind element because it's very rigid. Yeah? Uh, I've mentioned in other classes about how this four is sometimes uh, uh, some some Buddhists try to bring science into it, huh? and they compare this with the four natural forces. Yeah, uh, have you all heard of the the four natural forces, the strong and weak nuclear forces? Then you have magnetic. Electromagnetic force, and then you have gravity, gravitational force. Mm. Yeah, so they draw some parallel. Yeah, but don't copy this part down. Okay, I just let you know what are the four forces, because there are some uh, Buddhists they try to draw the parallel and say that the four elements are actually referring to these four natural forces. Yeah, but um, I, although I highlight it, but I don't draw that parallel because the Buddha didn't explicitly describe to that same detail. <coughs> so here, uh, besides the four elements, four elements refer to physical things. Then, uh, in some texts, we talk about six different elements. The fifth one is space. Yeah. Uh, empty space. Yeah, then the sixth element is consciousness. Yeah. So that's one way to describe the world also. With these six things we describe the whole world. The first four describing physical things. Number five describing the space that the physical things occupy. And then number six consciousness which is basically mind. Yeah. Then it encompasses the whole universe. So, yes. Some Chinese uh, teaching they also have Jing Wu, right? Huh? Jing. Mental. Jing Wu Xue Huo Tu. Ah, the same. Oh, that one is the that one is that is purely Chinese uh, worldview, yeah, of the phys- of the physical world. Yeah, the Si Da Di Shu Huo Feng is purely Indian. Yeah, it's purely Indian. Although we are using Chinese words here. By an Indian 
view worldview. Oh. <coughs> so, what does this mean here? From all the different items down to this one, <laughs> this is the fundamental building blocks of the whole physical universe. Yeah. So this Bodhisattva is now having this vow. Yeah. Ru Kong Ji Shita Yuan Wo Heng Chen Wei. Yeah, that is uh, then Wu Liang Zhong Yu Qing Zi Shen Da Gen Ben. Yeah, that is willing to become the very foundations of our existence. Yeah, because our physicality, our existence also has four elements. Yeah. But of course, can uh, is it possible that the Bodhisattva do that? Uh, in some of these cases, not really, huh? Yeah, not really. Yeah, because in the Buddhist teaching, we say that all our physical, all these things are manifested from our karma. Yeah, not from some Bodhisattva who manifests it for us. Uh, but so here is more about the vow that the Bodhisattva is willing to. To go to that extent, yeah, be the found very fundamental building blocks of our very existence, yeah. Uh, for most people, we we want to have our our own existence, yeah. Uh, if you think about it, in a way, mothers do this, uh, yeah. Mothers, in a way, do this. And when you give birth to a child, you're providing the physical uh, material for the being to come into existence, in a way. Yeah. So, to this extent, yeah, Bodhisattva is willing to give. <coughs> if I is this one, this. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Wait, no, let me double What is this word? Huh? I'm gonna do a check. Huh? Tire. Tang so, 
the earlier verses that the Bodhisattva is willing to be the uh, physicality for all sentient beings. Then here, Tai Zhi Jing Kong Ji. Yeah, so willing to wait until or do that until the the very boundaries of uh, of empty space. Yo Qing Zhong Zhong Jie. So this encompassing all the boundaries of uh, where the sentient beings are. Yeah. Shu Tu Xi Nie Pan. Yuan Chen Zi Shen Ying. Yeah. Do all that for what? For sentient beings to uh, on their path towards Nibbana. Mm, towards Nibbana willing to be the causes for Nibbana. Uh, this is the this is the repeating uh, theme that we see in this uh, commentary. Yeah, of course because this uh, Buddhisattva path. <coughs> yes. Yes. Yeah this word here Nibbana. Uh, I think you give a better commentaries than the than the commentary stated here. <laughs> Would you write your own commentary? Would I write my own commentary? Uh, maybe when we finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last time when I had the Heart Sutra. I, uh, I also don't have the supplementary notes. Then, after teaching a few years, uh, there was one year I was teaching at SBF. Then the students were busy copying. Last time I don't use visualizer, I would write on the whiteboard. Alright, after one whiteboard is filled up, then I continue, wipe everything. <laughs> then they were like, Ah, oh, Sifu, <laughs> haven't finished copying. Uh, but back then, that was ten, that was eight, eight years ago, nine years. Uh, already there is, but not so common yet. Uh, not so common yet. Yeah. Then, uh, at some point, they ask whether they ask the same question. Can you have your? <laughs> yeah. That's how. Uh, now, if you attend the Heart Sutra, there's the supplementary notes. Yeah. Yeah. Rusi Zhu San Shi, this San Shi, uh, referring to the Buddha. Yeah, so uh, the Buddha has various epithets. Yeah, epithets are uh, titles, in a way, titles. Yeah, or what people would call the Buddha. Uh, honorary fix. Yeah, uh, in praise of the Buddha's qualities. Or in praise of the Buddha's quality. Yeah, so this San Shi is one of them. Xian Fa Puti Sing. Ru Si Zhu San Shi. So, uh, so the, this Si is uh, in the past. Uh, so just like all those uh, Buddhas. So San Shi is an epithet of Buddhas. So it's not particular to Sikyamuni Buddha. Yeah? Just like when we say Rulai Tathagata, it's not just 
uh, only the Buddha is called Tathagata. Yeah, all the Buddhas have this epithet also. Yeah, so here, Ru Si Chu San is referring to the Buddhas, all the Buddhas in the past. Sien Fa Puti Sing. Yeah, first, they evoke Bodhicitta. Fu Chi This yeah. So after arousing the the what you call that the Buddhicitta, then uh, they practice steadfastly on it. Yeah. The various uh this Chu So there is uh, here. I'm going to just highlight three, huh? uh, but uh, in the larger scheme of the practice, there's unlimited, huh? mm, So what are the sun shear? What are the sun shear? Uh, no. No. Jie shear. So the first one is uh, precepts, second is samadhi, then the last one is wisdom. Uh, why did I say samadhi? It should be. Uh, I'm going to just literally translate. Uh, concentration. Sila. And prashna. Hmm. So generally, we can classify them into these three sections. Yeah, knowledge. Uh, uh, three learnings. Yeah, three branches of learning. Ah, uh, here. Uh, the various the various branches of learning of the Bodhisattva. Yeah. Yeah. So so here they just touch on the precepts. In the precepts of the Bodhisattvas. Yeah. But so sometimes the the, the trouble with translations are uh, for example we have the Bodhisattva vows. Yeah. So Pusa Tie uh, we usually think of it as just precepts, yeah. But when we say "学处", uh, then it's not just about the precepts; it's basically the practices of the Bodhisattva, uh, practices of the Bodhisattva, not just the precepts. Huh? Mm. 
So what is the difference? The Noble Eightfold Path is a subset of the Bodhisattva uh, practices. Because the Bodhisattva, besides learning the Noble Eightfold Path, have to learn uh, other aspects uh, to enable them to teach others. So, uh, just like a person who learned how to swim versus a person who learned to become a coach or a, or a lifeguard. Yeah. Mm. So Bodhisattva path is more like the coach or lifeguard. Yeah. Whereas the Noble Eightfold Path is just focused on uh, getting yourself liberated. Mm. Would, you say, would you say yes. that The six parameters. Actually, the six parameters encompasses the noble eightfold path inside. Yeah. Mm, encompasses it. Yeah. Uh, so the six parameters. Yeah, the six parameters is actually, uh, in brief, the teachings on the parameters. Yeah. In the Avatamsaka Sutra, it highlights this. That uh, we usually talk about six parameters, yeah, but in fact, for the bodhisattvas, uh, it is not just six. Mm. Yeah, M- multitude of perfections. Yeah. Uh, give you an example, like in the bodhisattva practices, one of them is to uh, uh, practice the perfection of speech. Yeah, So uh, it can be translated as to become eloquent, be able to have mastery over speech. Yeah, uh, but to be enlightened, you don't need to. You don't need that. Yeah, yeah. To be enlightened, in fact, like during the retreat, shh, don't talk, <laughs> right? Uh, and if you look at the noble eightfold path in terms of speech. Uh, right speech is not to, no lying, abstaining from uh, harsh speech, divisive speech, and idle chatter. Mm. Yeah. So to become enlightened, you don't need to be a, a to be able to teach others. Yeah. But to become a Buddha, you need to have that quality. So the the front part is about how the Buddha did that, how the Buddhas in the past would do that. So Ru So how about for ourselves? Yeah. We likewise for the sake of benefiting sentient beings. Yeah. So this li is uh, is like it's a this is actually li yi zhong shen
This is actually Li Yi Tongsheng. So, benefit sentient beings. So for the sake of benefiting sentient beings, uh, what do we do? Wafa Sing. Then we arouse bodhicitta. We evoke bodhicitta. Fu yu zhu xue chu. Then, uh, so remember again, uh, revision, what are the two kinds of bodhicitta? The first one is it's, it's uh, as, aspiration, aspiration, aspiration uh, the intent. Uh, initially, just the intent. Then the second part, the actual. the actual, the practice of bodhicitta itself. Yeah. So here, 我如是为立身, yeah, just like how the Buddhas did in the past, uh, in order to benefit uh, sentient beings. Uh, the Bodhisattva would give rise to Bodhicitta. In other words, the wish to attain enlightenment yeah, in order to benefit sentient beings, to enlighten sentient beings. Yeah, so, this is the intent Bodhisattva, uh, Bodhicitta. Yeah, the first part is the intent. Then, after that, Fu Yu Zhu Xue Chu Si Di Qing Xiu Xue. So, if you just have the bodhicitta, then that's just a nice idea. Yeah, uh, you, you just have that nice thought. Okay, I want to do this, but you never do it. Uh, so after that, what must you do? Fu yu zhu xue chu. So uh, further beyond that, with all the different practices, again I must highlight uh, not just the precepts. Uh, yeah, uh, unless you understand precepts to be all the practices. Yeah, all the practices. Mm. Uh, you you learn them systematically, gradually. Yeah. Uh, and diligently. Mm. Yeah, diligently. So this over here, when we talk about precepts, yeah, in other classes I would have mentioned the three uh, three categories of precepts. So the first one is Lu because I only know the Fan Correct, huh? Okay. 
so it's quite funny. I I recognize more Fanti than Jenti. <laughs> the the one that I recognize is the Yang Wo Yi. You know, the Yang Wo Yi. Yeah. So Li Yi Jie then. Uh, I will give the English translation. And So the first category is what we usually think of as the normal precepts, yeah, precepts where it is the rules and regulation. So these are the three categories of precepts in the of the Bodhisattva path. Then the second category is um, wholesome practices. Hmm. So wholesome practices include uh, other practices beyond precepts, yeah, including uh, the practice of giving, the practice of Meditation, yeah, learning of the Dharma, and so on and so forth. Yeah. The last one is um, very interesting. Sezong Senjie. I'm going to do a more literal translation, encompassing of sentient beings. So this Zhong uh, Senjie is very unique to Bodhisattva path. Because for, for the first two, you can also find it in the other branches. Yeah? Observing precepts, you can also find it. You can also find number two, wholesome practices in uh, the other branches. Yeah? Uh, but number three is quite unique. Zhong yeah? Senjie. So what is it? It is that uh, beyond the first, the first one is quite uh, quite about restraining yourself, yeah, about some of the things you should do, you shouldn't do. Second part is to improve yourself. The third one is okay. After you have improved yourself, practice. How can you reach out to sentient beings? Uh, and this is the part where. Sometimes, as a Bodhisattva, you may have to even do worldly things. Mm. You may have to do worldly things. Why? So that you uh, you form a, a wholesome link with sentient beings. 
sentient beings want food sentient beings need help uh, sentient beings maybe need to set up a website you help them set up a website sentient beings don't know how to cook you help them to cook you, then you show them how to cook yeah. uh, then they, they come and tell you uh, they don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend yeah. they don't have a house uh, then you help them go and find one <laughs> you'd be surprised huh? I, I really get I have people on Facebook asking me questions like this yeah. Sifu how can I find a partner? Huh? <laughs> yeah. how would you answer that? Huh? how would I answer? seriously yeah so this recently someone just asked me this question. So this is how I answered. So I told I told this uh, girl. So I told her I said. So first of all, she she said, um, I think th- this is not unique to her. So about the predicament that while she wants to, she asked whether first of all is it okay to have a partner who has a different faith. Yeah. So. Then she mentioned about how other faith, you know, have some restriction. I said, yeah, actually in Buddhism, uh, the Buddha did highlight that uh, for 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 two person to be together, uh, you need to cultivate four qualities to the same degree: your faith, the morality, giving, and wisdom. Uh, these four qualities so if these four are different not that you cannot be together but you may find you know some friction uh, yeah then of course the Buddha's reply to the couple who asked him was not just for this life but for next life also so if your your practice differs then one person go to human realm and around go to heavenly realm or go down to the lower realms then how to be together yeah. mm. so this person asked me so after that, after that I said okay then maybe better if you can find a Buddhist partner then after that the reply came back but how to find Buddhist guys there <laughs> <laughs> so I say well maybe you can come for my class <laughs> a lot of Buddhist guys there <laughs> but Officially, we cannot match make. Uh. Yeah. The Buddha set down this as one of the things that we cannot do. Mm. You know why? Uh. So, uh, I think something did happen. So they say that if we were to match make, then what will happen? If it works out, then they will be full of praise. If it doesn't work out, then they will blame us. And they will not just blame us, they will also blame Buddhism. <laughs> because, you know, of our role. Yeah. So, and also, if uh, it is one of the wrong livelihood yeah, for monks and nuns, yeah, cannot engage in that. Because <coughs> otherwise, it blurs the line. Uh, people will end up coming to the Sangha to look for matchmaking services. 
and not, not learn Dharma. <laughs> yeah. So, Se Zhong Shen Jie. This particular one can sometimes be quite trying because we all have our own preferences, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, some of us may have certain preferences for certain activities. Yeah. Even for spiritual practice, some people like Dharma class, some people like chanting, some people like to meditate. Yeah. Even for chanting, some people like to do Pali chanting, some people like Chinese chanting, some people like Tibetan chanting. Then even within each of these, wow, there's a lot of differences. Huh? Some people like to chant uh, mantra, some people like to chant sutra. And sutra, some people like to chant jing gang jing, some people like to chant sing jing, some people like to yao si jing, all kinds. Mm. So if you are practicing by yourself, what do most people do? We choose what we like to chant, then we chant. If you don't like to chant, you don't chant. Then you just do whatever practice you like. Yeah. One of the some of the masters call this the. Uh, what, do you, what the, was the term they use? Uh, don't know buffet or shopping, shopping mindset, spot, materialistic spirituality. <laughs> yeah, so we bring this habit to our spiritual practice. Yeah, we only practice what we like. Yeah, we practice what we like. But for this. If you want to encounter sentient beings, then you cannot choose what you like. Hmm. You cannot choose what you like. Even for spiritual practice, you cannot choose what you like. Yeah. So m- many years ago, I conducted a, a retreat, a one-day chanting for the youth in Kongming San. So initially, when they asked me, they say, Sifu, can we do one-day 24 hours chanting. So they asked me, okay, okay, we do 24 hours. Then after a few weeks before the the actual day, they asked me, can we, we were thinking maybe 24 hours is a bit long. Maybe we do 12 hours? Say, okay, can we do 12 hours? So on the day itself, we started at about, I think, 8 o'clock. Then by lunch, after lunch, one of them came to see me. Before he could tell me what he wants, uh, I told him about what was happening. That don't know why somehow the computer started to work again. So he thought that the whole morning of Om Mani Padme Home chanting, wow, so powerful. Uh. Even the computer get fixed. Uh. <laughs> I also don't know until now. I also don't know why the computer suddenly started working. So after that, he went to share with the rest, and then the rest decided to continue because they wanted to cut the chanting from 12 hours to 6 hours. <laughs> the following week, uh, somehow there was a sharing then, so I told them, I said, we tend to just do what we like to do. Yeah. So I told them, do you think I like ch- to do chanting? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not averse to chanting. Yeah, but it's not something that I I would wow, I must. So if you not to say that you are Buddhist 
if you are, if you become a venerable or you become a monk or nun, you in a way you cannot choose what you would like to practice. Huh? If your disciples one day say they want to do this practice, either you you have to guide them or you have to find someone to guide them. Yeah, so mm. uh, this is a very powerful practice <coughs> so some how is this applicable in our life uh, <coughs> some students ask me uh, they want to reach out to their family members whether it's their parents their spouse their children yeah before you even try to drown them with Dharma, apply this principle. Whatever they like to do, join them to do. As long as it is uh, not against the, against the practice and so on. Mm. If you can do that, then you befriend them. Yeah? To use layman's term is, you, you make friends with them. Yeah. Uh, my teacher, my late teacher, he often says the Bodhisattvas would spend many, many, many lives uh, helping sentient beings, reaching out to sentient beings, fulfilling the dreams and the wishes of the sentient beings. So, life after life, you plant the good seeds until one day when the Bodhisattva attain enlightenment the moment the sentient beings see the Buddha wow so if we understand it in this way then you then it would make sense you know why the Buddha when he arrives in the world he is described to be wow full of wonderful features and so on but yet at the same time not everybody thinks so how is it possible that a person is so wonderful and charismatic and so on, but there are some who see him is not happy? And why? It's because when he appears, and there are those who find him to be very warm or very kind and compassionate and so on, it's because of the path. <laughs> Most of us are trying to look for an arahant, trying to look for an enlightened teacher. This elderly lady happened to be elderly lady. Nothing to do against women, okay? The Buddha go to try to teach her. She close her eyes. She don't want to see him. So the Buddha observed, ah, this particular old lady, the Buddha did not manage to form a wholesome link with her before. So, in fact, there's some maybe some conflict uh, in the past. So the Buddha observed, who has uh, has some good links with this person? Observed, ah, his disciple, Venerable Ananda. So he go and go and look for Ananda. Ananda, go and teach her. So Venerable Ananda have not even attained arahanthood. Yeah, uh, he's, he is uh, the Buddha's cousin, uh, an attendant and monk. So the moment Venerable Ananda arrived. Wow, the, the old lady, ayah, great master. <laughs> then Venerable Ananda gives the teachings, immediately can, she can ah, accept. 
And then immediately after the initial teachings, she is said to have attained Sotapanna. Sotapanna. And Sri Mantara. The moment she attained Sri Mantara, she realized that her earlier rejection of the Buddha's teaching was actually wrong. Yeah, because once she attained Sotapanna, then she know that okay, the Buddha's teach, the Buddha is the Buddha, you know. So she quickly went to see the Buddha and make amends. So, in our life, whether for spiritual practice or if you have someone that you want to reach out to, you can consider this. Yeah, but you must be mentally prepared, okay? Because relations are. Takes time to build up. Mm. Takes time to build up. Uh, you have no idea how many hours you have to spend listening to the person before that person will listen to you. Mm. <laughs> okay. 智者如是持，静清净觉心觉心已。父为增长故，如是暂发心。So the wise one, would practice accordingly in what way, as has been stated above. Yeah, first. Uh, arouse bodhicitta then uh, in a systematic gradual way step by step yeah gradually practice yeah uh, <coughs> then in this way then after that having so this part here uh, means to have a really reach a certain level of uh, awakening uh, Fu So further, in order to have uh, progress, such a wise person would praise the arousing of Buddhicitta. Yesterday, yesterday, uh, two uncles and, and an aunt came and visit me. Then we had we had a nice catch up, and uh, uh, as uncles would usually do, huh, they will share about a lot of stories. Huh? Uh, then we talk about dharma also. <coughs> so at some point, uh, towards the end of the visit, when they were leaving. So one of the uncle who was visiting from Australia, so he shared, he said, um, 
he find that uh, he feels that young people is very in need of the teachings. He himself is a Catholic. Yeah. Uh, in a way, he's 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 being very open. Yeah. So, uh, and he he was was sharing about how he feels that the young people these days is really in need of the teachings. But at the same time, he also prays Singaporeans. Yeah. I mean, he is a Singap- He was a Singaporean. He migrated to Australia. So he shared about how uh, on the way to visit me, um, the in these few days he he was offered seats in public transport. So he said that in the last leg, uh, when it was only one stop left, uh, someone offered him, and then he said, "Oh, thank you so much, but I only have one stop to go." Yeah. So I, so I told I told him I said. Uh, when we do giving, we usually t- talk about giving, you know, practice of giving, giving, giving. But there must be give and take. Uh. You cannot always only want to give, but don't take. Uh. You know what I mean? The practice of giving. So if people offer you a seat, we should graciously accept the offer. And instead of thinking, oh, I only want to do giving, but I don't want to receive. I only want to help people, but I don't let people help me. Uh, everything I want to do for people, but I don't let anybody do anything for me. Uh, Bodhisattva, you must do things for people, uh, but sometimes when there are opportunity, you must let people do things for you. Yeah, This is not a worldly mindset, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But this is really about when you accept people's kindness, you are encouraging the, them to have this uh, this practice also. Yeah. Who knows? When you so I told I, I told him I said when you reject the person, uh, depending on how you re- reject, huh? Uh, but. For most people, when you get rejected once, you feel a bit slighted. Huh? Then the next time when there's occasion to, to provide service, the person may hesitate. Yeah? Whereas, if you even if it's just for one stop, hmm, let me go out on a limb to encourage all of you, regardless of your age. If someone offers you a seat, even if it's just one stop, don't shake your head. Lah. <laughs> Uh, even if it's just one stop, thank the person and sit down. Don't don't say ah only one stop. I'm getting on very quickly. Uh, I don't know why people re- refuse to take the seat. Yeah, but I suspect it has more to do with our Chinese culture. Number one. Number two. Mm. Uh, 
Yes. The poor guy or girl. Ah. Uh. will be taken by others, and she may have another twelve stations to continue. Okay. So you also don't want <coughs> to uh, inconvenient her. Ah, so afraid of inconvenienting others. Yeah, because if she get up, I sit down. Less than thirty seconds, I get up. Uh-huh. Somebody will sit down. Uh-huh. And she'll turn around. Oh, my seat's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so let let me let me let me let me respond to that. Uh. To begin with, when the person stood up, he wa- the person was ready to give up the seat. Yeah. So, uh, whether you you enjoy the seat for one stop, or half a stop, or twelve stops, the person <laughs> by standing up was ready not to sit already. No, if you see an older person or pregnant woman, uh-huh. she will feel uh, happy that you know that someone else in need of a seat have it. Let's say a moment later, turn around, it's a young guy who sit down there. Then shh, the person of here. Oh. <laughs> so, the, so does it mean that? Uh, so, so, so then the question becomes, how many seats are we supposed to? Uh, or how, how many stops? How many more stops? Is there a universal number of stops? There's no universal number of stops, isn't it? Yeah. Or should we sit until the person? G- Leave the <laughs> leave the train or leave the bus. It's, it's impossible. But I think the, 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 the refusal is because we also don't want to disadvantage that person if I have only one more stop to go. Ah, so if it's two stops, two, two stops, stops, okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So you see, it's actually not about the number of stops. It is that we are. We don't feel good to disadvantage people. Yeah. yeah. So you, you must remember, giving, rendering service, offering help is a two-person process. We cannot always o- only want to be the one to render service. Mm. So next time we'll take it. We'll take it. Ah, we'll take yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have to have to accept. Sifu also accept. Sometimes I go on the on the train and then people see me, they stand up for me. Like, okay, thank you. I sit down. And you you know sometimes I would choose to sit down, also because when I sit down, then I can decide to stand up for to offer to others. Mm. There were times when I give up seat to people. Uh-huh. Ah. And then when they get down, they will ask me to, to sit, sit down. down. Ah, yeah. So you can try that. You can try that also. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one way. Yeah. Oh, sometimes we don't recognize as being old. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> Do I look like I need a seat? <laughs> yeah, I think I can stand very well. <laughs> supposed to offer no so sometimes like uh, when I'm on the bus or in a train some of my students I I mean 
after all these years of teaching, I can't remember every single student. So some of them recognize me. So they stand up and offer. Sometimes it is because the individual is from a Buddhist country. So it is already part of their culture. Yeah, it like some Thais and Myanmar. The moment I get on, on the bus, they see me, they immediately like wave to me and they offer the seat to me. Yeah, because it's part of their culture. So if they offer the seat, like in my case, I'm perfectly capable of standing, you know. I mean, I can even walk three hours <laughs> while it's standing for a while, right? But I, uh, I should take the seat. Yeah, I should take the seat. Person offer you this. It ever happened before. Then how do you decide? Yeah. So because of my role, I will take the seat. Yeah. Uh, but there were once or twice that I rejected. Yeah, I think as I recall, it was at the in the airport. So you know, some some airports, some some flights, you have to get off and then get into the bus and then you know the shuttle. So there was an elderly lady who offered. I said it's okay, and then she 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 looked very nervous, <laughs> like oh jialat. Yeah. Yeah, because for some of them in those culture, right, if they don't offer, it is considered to be like, you know, bad karma. Yeah, then if they offer and, and we don't accept, it's like, wow, I have, like, they feel like they must have done something wrong that the monk reject their offer. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, last year, sick road trip, yeah, I think it happened, someone offered me the seat. I'm like, it's okay. Then person just stood up and run, run to the side. <laughs> like, uh, the person offered, then I think it's okay. Then the person just stood up and walked towards the, the other end of the bus. Like, okay, I offer it already. You, you don't take it, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, really. Really. Yeah. Mm. So, um, the, the, thing, the thing is, uh, when we think about bodhicitta, right, Again, I want to I, I mention about the giving and taking because of the conversation I had yesterday. Uh, but it reminds me about how um, <coughs> Bodhicitta starts with our this small little gesture, yeah, where we express concern for others. Not not that oh you must you must have a few million dollars and you want to go and save the world or then then you have bodhicitta. Mm. Yeah. Even at home, even in the corridor, you know, at work, yeah. Mm. And then at the same time, by accepting people's kindness, you are encouraging them to go in that direction also. <laughs> Still shaking the head. <laughs> you know what? Uh? Because I'm not a pregnant lady. Then I'll go out with friends, people will offer me to sit. Openly. So I said, my friends sit down, I'm not saying, no, 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 I'm not. Yeah, I just want to. No, no. Should I say, I don't, I don't know that I want to sit. I'm not pregnant lady also. But it's different to you and me, it's different. Huh? I sit down there. It's okay. You're taking me to sit. Then you might not think the the side that we don't sit, right? Then they ask me to sit. Then later, one elderly come out. Should I sit or I don't sit? No. I move out or I sit uh, down. So if I sit down, I tell my friend I must the stomach I must put out and <laughs> then 
No. 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 The seat is the seat is not just for a pregnant lady. But even normal seat also, someone called, saw you. Know, so it so it means seat. it's not because you look like a pregnant lady. <laughs> Often, maybe. Often, yeah, maybe you have the merits that people look at you, they respect you, they want to offer you a seat. Why? Why do you feel so so bad know, about yourself? I think, huh? Openly, there I said. Hmm. Uh, also, stand up to <laughs> offer you. Uh. <laughs> Maybe in your past life you you keep offering to the Buddha, you know. So now you have this merit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Correct. Yes. Yeah. But it's okay lah. Whether but you're pregnant or not, it's can. S- nothing will be paisa, what? Huh? What? What? Wait, who look like mentally? Are you no lah? <laughs> you, okay, we, we're going to ignore the last, <laughs> the last statement. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you have something to add on just now? Uh, just now, because I too, I, every time I got sick from people, they thought I'm pregnant. Oh, is it? Is it because you all keep wearing yeah. loose clothing? Yeah, correct. And Maybe, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but did they tell you all that they think you are pregnant? No. But so I maybe. Ah. Uh, so. Some, some will tell you, ah, yes. pregnant lady, come. Yeah, but did they say you? I'm offering to you because you are pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, right? <laughs> huh? So what are you going to do? Stand up and compare. Right. I think yours is smaller than mine. You, you can stand. <laughs> no lah. But jokes aside, jokes aside. Uh, it's, it's up to individuals whether you accept the seat or not. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's actually a good practice to, to accept people's kindness. Yeah. Because when you give or you receive, it actually softens your heart. Yeah. This is something that I observe over the years. Sometimes, uh, you, you may not agree, huh, but I observe that Chinese culture, one of the traits is that we really don't like to 
depend on people. Sometimes it's because we we were hurt when we thought we can depend on people, and then people play us out. So it we end up responding by hardening ourselves. From now on, I will not depend on anybody else. Yeah, so that we don't have to face rejection. But the Bodhisattva path is not like that. Mm. We are ready to receive when people offer their help also. Yeah. Uh, in a way, it makes us feel vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but don't have to be afraid. Don't have to be afraid. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> 精神物获福，善得此人生，福身佛家族，精诚如来子。So <coughs> in this life, this Wu again, I, I have received, uh, I have uh, fortune, yeah, 福, 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 yeah, 福, or, or Fu can be merits or can be fortune. Fu uh. mm. merits. I have received merits or have received fortune. What kind of fortune? San de Tsurensen. Fu sen fu So being born as a human being and then being born into the uh, family of Buddhists. Jing chen ru lai zi. And now. Uh, become the child of the Buddha. Yeah, so when we say child of the Buddha, uh, to become in the clan of the Buddha, it means to practice the Bodhisattva path. Yeah, to practice the Bodhisattva path. The first, the first, the the this Fu Shen Fu Jia Zhu. The English translation today I take birth in Buddha's line uh, or literal if you take it literally then it it wouldn't make sense huh? yeah, because the Buddha don't have any other children except Venerable Rahula and then when he was a young boy he became a monk <laughs> so you cannot possibly be in uh, his heir yeah so it means to to come into contact with the Buddha's teaching yeah, to learn the Dharma and then to even uh, evoke Bodhicitta. Yeah, so this is what is meant by Jing Shen Wu Huo Fu. We typically think of uh, fortune or merits as well, have a lot of money, have big house and so on. Yeah, but the real merits is to be able to come into contact with the Buddha Dharma and then um, to actually learn and practice the Bodhisattva path. Ho wo tang wei yi hu huo zu ye zhen mo so here there's a lot of references to uh, 
the the choosing the race the 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 lineage and so on and so forth yeah uh, but here the essence is so from then on after after taking on coming into contact with the teachings and then uh, giving rise to aspiration what are the things I will do what would I accomplish what are the the, the, the accomplishment I seek mm. so if you imagine or you visualize the Buddhas, uh, the clan of the Buddhas, yeah, like my 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 father when I was much younger told me that Chinese, uh, the different dialects, some dialects they are their whole, the whole uh, clan, yeah, they are all taxi drivers. Some clan they are known to be very fine. Uh, carpenters then some are traders some would sell sell food yeah so long time ago Chinese you know yeah we have very uh, in a way formalized trade uh. you cannot jump jump to yeah if you are not a certain dialect you cannot go and drive taxi uh. wow, you drive taxi later cannot work <laughs> yeah so now here uh, if you can visualize a whole clan, the clan of the Buddhas. What is the preoccupation? What is the thing that the Buddhas do? Hmm? What what do Buddhas do? Do Buddhas drive taxi? No, uh, Buddhas drive drive taxi. Uh. <laughs> no, Buddha drive the Buddha Dharma taxi to ferry people across to the other shore <laughs> yeah so undertake the task of liberating sentient beings so not to taint not to sully this uh, this lineage yeah so this is about uh, for a person who have given rise to this uh, bodhicitta, that you are going to embark on this path, you must know, hey, who comes, who came before you, is the whole lineage of pure enlightened ones. What do they do? They they partake in activities where they practice and cultivate themselves, and they seek the welfare and happiness of all sentient beings. Yeah. So, uh, the Bodhisattva should should put <coughs> take this very seriously. Yeah. So very earnestly, not to taint this uh, holy lineage. Yeah. So the Bodhisattva should focus on just this. Focus on uh, doing the Buddha's work. That is the Bodhisattva path to liberate sentient beings. Mm. Yeah, the, the pure, uh, untainted, uh, honored, uh, precious uh, lineage.
如如盲木盲人如是我和性。So it's like a So it's like a person who is blind. Then somehow found this uh, managed to to accumulate and to uh, acquire treasures yeah mm. if you are a blind person how to f- find treasure huh? oh, but now you you hope they are <laughs> yeah, you managed to find that yeah. so just like a blind person finding treasure yeah for for me for us to actually give rise to bodhicitta, to encounter bodhicitta, to give rise to bodhicitta, this is how fortunate, fortunate it is for us to do that. Mm. Yeah, but in, th- in this world, how many people feel that it's fortunate? <laughs> oh, how many people feel that it's fortunate? We're going to stop here. Fortunate about what? Uh, to have give rise to bodhicitta. Mm. To have given rise to bodhicitta. I think those who manage to stay on until now should feel fortunate. Not not that you all should feel fortunate to stay on, but the fact that you stay on, you should feel fortunate towards Bodhicitta. Otherwise, you wouldn't stay. <笑>嗯,OK,看和尚回想。愿消三藏诸烦恼。愿消三藏诸烦恼。愿得智慧真明了。愿得智慧真明了。普愿罪障悉消除。普愿罪障悉消除。世世常行菩萨道。世世常行